This well, can be the starting point. Right there. That's okay, the we're starting point. now. And I mean, who better to talk about esports media and how potentially <laughs> fucked it is than two journalists? Oh, wow. You know? Uh, and, well, can I, can I still call myself one? I'm out of publications. I'm kind of doing journalism. But I mean, yeah, if, yeah. the thing is, interviewing people and doing yeah. making videos of people and, and still writing the articles, crunching the numbers, like yeah. that's if that's not a that journalist. got thrown an esports award in yeah. 2017. If anything, I think I am the one that's not a journalist. Do you call yourself one though, or do you not see? Oh, really, I mean, I do, but this that's just the nature of being freelance, isn't it? Is you do loads of different stuff. Like most of my time is spent like copywriting for esports and gaming companies, mm. or like obviously managing my girlfriend and that. So like I'm 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 definitely not a journalist as of right now. Like I don't do right. journalism really, apart from a tiny bit recently on the upcoming stuff. But that was like I haven't written anything. I'll I'll say what I have to say in this video. To be fair, um, right. so no, I would I'm not really a fucking journalist either. But we're both we both have been and mm-hmm. and could still be two years alumni is that how yeah. the Americans say it <laughs> but yeah alumni is like plural so we are alumni yeah. we're esports insider alumni oh my god Damn. thank god we're out of no, I'm just, I'm just... <laughs> shout <laughs> out to Cook, man so so effect effectively esports media is not in a great space and that's evident if you follow esports at all but uh the, the way I kind of thought about approaching this topic is kind of look at the main publications we've got and where we stand with them and, and how they fit into the wider context of esports media, I guess. So if you're fine with that, then I, I think the first one to go to is what everyone calls like the biggest publication in esports, which is Deserto, which covers four titles. I did five there, but it's four. Um, five if you include Warzone, I suppose. But mm. um, they have two full-time esports employees. They have people who muck in occasionally, but that is literally it. So I, I'd say the, the ratio from gaming and influencers to esports is probably like 85% not esports and 15% esports and the, and they've got um Louise Mirror there who's the editor he's sick but like not not being given the resources to actually build it out so the fact that we call them an esports publication is mad to me the same yeah. way the fact we call phase an esports organization is mad to me yeah, it's flawed definitely because they're not they're not really you know what i mean that's like saying um the agriculture companies in the farming simulator league or esports organizations because they have a team in the farming simulator league to me now it's just like it's almost so far removed from what phase do i think they just announced like they're doing some snl style exclusive show on twitch or something so actually unfazed funnily enough i mean i guess he would say this but i suppose just to like chip in there Mm. um i interviewed the phase ceo lee trink like a while back when i was still the esports insider so that was like probably a year ago or more um and he basically said, like, I, I think I said that to him. I said, like, do you consider yourselves an, an esports org? Because, like, most of what you do is the life, lifestyle stuff, like signing Snoop Dogg and things like that. That's yeah. obviously recent. Um, and he basically said, it's like, it's the esports that gives FaZe its legitimacy. And it's the other stuff on top of that, which kind of takes the brand to another level. Mm-hmm. So he was, like, saying... Well, people say we're not an esports org, but we win all these things. And he listed off all these majors that he's won in different titles. And I was, I was like, fair enough. But as of right now, would you consider them an esports org? I, mean, I don't know. They're just massive, aren't they? They're, they're that, but they're yeah. also way more is like the lifestyle stuff. So I guess just that was just the devil's advocate thing because that's yeah, what yeah. they that's what they would say. But I'd also say the same in that a lot of their um, paid content. So they had like 
I don't know if this is still standing, but there's been like um, G Fuel and Razer and Misfits Gaming Group who have like all paid to Serto to uh, PUBG as well, all paid to Serto for content effectively. So sponsored posts and they're always around esports videos, podcasts, or actual esports content, like written content. So while it's not that it's not the esports content that really um, brings yeah, it's not it's not the esports content that brings in the views and such. Like that's where the the money comes from when it comes to partners. And then mm. it's the ad revenue from the other things they do. So I, I guess it is integral to what they do in terms of how they like run the business and yeah. how they operate the business. But like just from a, a sheer content point of view, like they're realistically hardly an esports publication. But I think that works in their favor, <laughs> to be honest. Like because it, it's been yeah. proven time and time over now that like you can't really sustain yourself on just esports journalism. Yeah, hundred percent. No, you so, can't. And so if a, they're the biggest and they're hardly esports, then that that shows a problem with the esports yeah. industry and journalism in it are yeah. already right. Yeah, there are all these. Um, you have to find kind of novel, or not necessarily always novel, but you have to find ways to monetize an esports publication. And I feel like every publication has this moment where they realize, like, oh shit, <laughs> we're not earning any money, so we need to do something. And like you said, a lot of outlets, or a lot of people probably don't know this, I guess, but like outlets do um, receive payment for like favorable stuff. And most of the time it's kept above board. Like it, for example, a company will pay, a betting company will pay, you know, Esports Insider. I don't want to shit on Esports Insider where we both used to work. Mm. Like love everyone that works there and stuff. But like, and this is all above board. They have this in the articles and stuff, but like- Now they do. They have, yeah, now they do, yeah. Um, they <laughs> have like paid- um, they have clients that basically pay for pieces and pay for like, obviously to be on the podcast and things like that. Um, and without that, it's like the whole thing wouldn't function. Like the, the outlet itself, the news side of that company wouldn't function. And like I said, it's the same at Dexerto. Um, you know, and at the very least, even if outlets aren't doing that, they have to do the kind of Pokemon Go SEO pieces, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah. it's 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 one of those things. It's like we're not at a point where it can be easily monetized because of well the number the sheer numbers aren't aren't there at the same level. Obviously, other sports outlets are, and the industry is also not ready for a paywall. Like not even close. I feel like if a company tried that, they'd go bust in like a month. Yes, I mean I mean like you probably need a good like I don't know ten to fifty million monthly readers to then put the paywall yeah. up and then get like 1% of that if you're lucky. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So you have to have like a really high high level of, of readership already to get there. And of course, that, that's not the case. And the Athletic, is, I don't know, I don't know if you can call them a success just yet overall. But I think you can. They've proven that it can work. Yeah. And that's because that's only because they focus on like the most popular sports in the mm-hmm. fucking in the world. And, and they the Athletic. All the best journalists. Yeah. And that gives them the space then to like write the best stuff like they write the best features i mean pretty much by a might in sport consist like in terms of consistently um great features the athletic do it and that's because they give themselves enough room with the paywall but in esports yeah. like yeah that's not to go on too much of a tangent but i think like for esports news to kind of work or feature writing to work the best I actually have a, a bit of a suspicion that if it should probably be done, like let's say the Athletic picked esports up and hired everyone, they already have a paywall. People know the model, and they said, right, esports has come to the Athletic. Might take a while to build it up. Mm-hmm. Let's say they hired like you, 
me fucking every Jacob Richard yeah yeah like just loads of journalists in the in the industry um, if they did that attracted people to the site eventually they would start paying for it. I just think that is probably the environment that it would work the best long term yeah without having to do the other stuff like pay pieces and all that well, yeah, esports fans are accustomed to getting everything for free besides merch, and even then, yeah. you can get so much for free, especially if you call Jake Lucky. But, uh, <laughs> but um, for example, like they want to watch their favorite streamer or they want to watch a tournament, they'll just go to Twitch, get it for free. You know what I mean? They want to get the news, they can just go on YouTube and get five minute videos, and it's all there for free. They don't have to contribute anything. Like, there's hardly any Patreons, there's hardly anything behind some sort of wall. Um, we can get to it in a bit, but like Jacob Wolf's trying to change that somewhat, which, we, yeah, I, I spoke to him about it, so we can get to that in a mm-hmm. in a little bit. But like, so we we spoke about Deserto, how like it's hardly esports, but it does enough to like stay within that realm, I suppose. And it is it is an integral part of the business, even if it doesn't um, seem as such forward facingly. Yeah. Uh, and two, I want to get out of the way quite quickly. We've already even mentioned one. So we'll go the the industry trade publications of ESI and the Esports Observer. ESI is a events company masquerading as a publication. Mm. That that is literally what it is. Yeah, like it, the, the bread enough, and butter yeah. when events are back, like fully, which we're getting there now, right? Like they'll make most of their dosh from that. The yeah. the the news 100%. in between keeps that shit flowing, and and you know, like the more people they can, I, I guess, really get into the industry side, the more prospective customers they have um, for their events and everything else mm. they try and sell. You know, mm. but like. Uh, if you look at the content, though, especially now, just being frank, as as you said, like I also respect and like all of them there. Like it is effectively a news portal where, like, yeah, you, they might as well just upload PRs straight. To be fair, <laughs> like just just how it is, because mm. it's it's basically the same shit in the PRs, but rewritten. And it was the case when I was there as well. So I, mm-hmm. I will hundred percent say, like, I did not innovate on that front. But like, they're effectively just like a, a news portal with some occasional features quite a lot of paid work when it comes to the features though um and then as the esports observer which has been rolled into sports business journal so much now it's base it, i i don't know how much longer that exists beyond just being um a social channel where they share sbj esports stuff and i think now they have two mm. if i'm if i'm not mistaken they have one editor and two writers i think because victor yeah. brazilian the geezer on the brazilian beat left yesterday as of recording this they've got kevin and they've got trent then maybe oh, yeah. Tobias still does the financial stuff for them, but I know he does like like business stuff on the side for them there. I don't think he's traditionally a writer for them. Right, okay. And they hired a new editor quite recently because James Fudge left um mm-hmm. and he's doing his own thing, which I don't I don't think he's announced anything yet. So that's all no. I'll say on that. But um yeah, so like the two trade publications we've got like as eh. one, it seems like it's just being rolled into an existing sports model, which is paywall to a degree. I'm pretty sure or at least you can sign up and get certain free articles and stuff. So and it's not great one. on the industry side, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, the other one's not really on... much going on, like, in terms yeah, of Yeah. It's just, it's like you said, it's literally, that's the best way to, to put it is it's mostly, like, don't get me wrong, some of the features, like Jake Nordland is the feature editor. Yeah, now yeah. that was my old job. Stuff, he, yeah. He's good. Like, he writes some good stuff. A few of them do. Um, but like you said, a lot of it's paid and a lot of it is, um, most of it is just news. So it's very much a daily news. Like, you go there to see, sponsorships and it's handy hires and it's handy to left. run down the titles and 100%, maybe click yeah. into one to see if you can get any more out of it but a lot of the time yeah. i'll just go on once a day 
check the headlines to see if I've missed anything, and then I bounce, like just being completely honest. I used to bloody mm-hmm. work there, so you'd think I'd be more interested, but that, that's just how it is on no, that yeah. front. It's fair enough. Um, yeah. And outside of that, we've got Dot, Dot Esports. I, f- I find it genuinely pretty hard to like come up with complaints and huge critiques about them. I don't. I think they're Agreed. relatively drama-free. Um, they lost Jacob Wolf like the beginning of this year, like late last year. Um, for reasons which are not great from what I hear, really, but I don't know if that's an anomaly or not. You know, like they 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 get the parent company of them gamers is going on an acquisition spree and basically um from what I see on LinkedIn and stuff, bragging about how much our audience is growing. But it's like, well, yeah, you're acquiring successful websites, it is gonna grow. But mm-hmm. are now looking at like the top line of the, the company as a whole and saying like the company's mm-hmm. successful and it's um it's all profitable just because mm-hmm. of the, the combining it all is how it seems to me. So even if Dot's not profitable, it's part of a larger thing that seemingly is, you know, from, yeah. from what I can see at least. So I can't really complain about them too much. They do the SEO stuff somewhat. They'll be like best COD classes and stuff, mm. but like that's just that's just part of the course, right? Yeah, I think Upcomer actually did, we'll get into Upcomer obviously. They actually did what I'm about to say quite well, but <laughs> Dot are very good at, I feel like there's a place for just the regular like match and event roundups like dot if you google like you missed the lec final 10 minutes ago google you want to google what the score is like the first article you'll see about like the outcome of the game if you're interested in that stuff uh is will like invariably be a dot piece so like on that front they smash it and like i used to freelance for them and always had a decent experience like kevin who's now he's like vp of content or something mm-hmm. like that at gamers so like gone way further up um he's really good he's like one of the best editors i've worked with anywhere mm-hmm. especially in esports um so yeah i agree they're not really doing much wrong. but then like i suppose we'll get into this as well not to fucking spread us too thin but um like freelancer rates just aren't there and that includes dot esports, like just yes. from my own personal experience, that I'm includes like, everywhere. You know what I mean? So it also includes them. Um, don't they don't they don't pay they don't they don't um, pay pennies compared to everyone else in esports or anything like that. But it's just across the board, no one really pays very well. And I guess, like you said, we'll touch on that. You're you're actually encouraged if you're a freelance journalist in esports, encouraged to just churn out as much low hanging fruit as you can. Yeah. So it's easiest to just do a piece on what Double Lift said on his latest podcast rather than yeah. looking into the yeah, conflicts yeah. of interest of yeah. TSM or something, you know, like it, it doesn't pay off beyond like, unless you're just satisfied with the work yourself. If you're looking to like keep the lights on and food in the fridge and that, then it's hard to justify it. You, you do have to spread yourself thin and just churn out shite after shite after shite. That was like my first year, year and a half in esports was just like, I probably wrote the most articles in the whole industry during that time, like legitimately, because I was doing like 60 odd uh, a month for ESI. I was a um, weekend God. editor at Cybersport, which was owned by the company that um, owns Virtus Pro. Oh, really? Yeah, so I was getting paid by ES Force at one point, which I didn't realize how oh, bad it yeah, was because so as I first started. So you're a Russian mule? I am, yes. Yeah, and, and wow. hence the first episode, I was very. Uh, um, on on the on the side of Russia, of course. Second and last cyber athletics episode ever. <laughs> there you go. Okay. No, no, of course. Like, no, I didn't. I didn't realize how bad it was at the time. It was <clears> when <throat> I first started, and I I was just like, they offered me decent money for for what it was compared to other companies, mm-hmm. I should say. But mm-hmm. there was only maybe like six or seven people there. Um, and you know, look. So like, you're actually encouraged to do shit. In the one place that was paying very well in esports 
um, which I feel like is a good time to get to his upcomer, which in my mind, it's dead now, but it's not. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, they did the whole pivot to video thing and let go of most of the editorial stuff. I don't think actually they actually let go of any freelancers, which is interesting. So now they're just like <laughs> getting content still, mm. but paying less for it because it, the premium was on the full time people. Yeah, that's interesting because I spoke to a couple of people that have said like freelancers have have been effed off at least somewhat. I don't know how many. Okay. I don't know how many. And maybe that's like they have varying levels of freelancers every month. But from what I heard is like some of them did get ah, right. gone. Because but... I, I didn't check into it later. But as it first happened, like they hadn't even announced it in the Slack chat when it went live on Twitter. That like, do you know, when like Sean posted mm-hmm. that like, all this stuff had happened. Sean Morrison, the editor-in-chief there, it hadn't even mm-hmm. been announced in the Slack at all at that point. Mm. I saw it and there was nothing there. And then like um, the person who, uh, a source there, I shall say, like basically said like, look, no freelance has been affected at this point, but I haven't checked in since. So mm. uh, right, okay. some have been affected, as you say. Mm. But they're, yeah. they're mostly powered off of that now, as mm-hmm. opposed to spending... Uh, Eighty thousand dollars on George and like between a hundred and hundred twenty k on Colin McSteel, who's still getting that money to produce fucking generic videos. And uh, I did no money for more people as well, but maybe I shouldn't be pocket watching so much. Um, but basically, they were paying more than like anyone else was in the industry, and that's good in itself. But like the return mm-hmm. wasn't there. I can no. tell you um, firsthand. I know that they were getting a lot of money from posting things on Snapchat. I think they had like a verified like Snapchat show on there, which I don't know much about. Oh, I don't right. use it. That's but they were getting money from that. And um, towards the end of their time, um, before laying everyone off, I guess, for the most part, uh, a lot of their traffic was coming from a new Yu-Gi-Oh game that they were doing guides and stuff for. So while, while the, a day before um, the announcement that they were like, laying people off like Fion and stuff were all bragging about record traffic and high quality esports content and stuff. You didn't see any mention of all the SEO stuff. In fact, I th- I'm pretty sure he said we've done no SEO work whatsoever. Mm. And it's like, I shared it with you. Like I have like an, their analytics from, I think January, the whole of January, mm. and you can see those SEO content in there. So they're just flat out lying. Number one and two, mm. they're acting like they were growing through esports content when it wasn't, it was like um, Yu-Gi-Oh decks and all mm-hmm. this kind of shit. So, like, they actually pivoted to SEO more and more, found some of that worked, and still uh, Enthusiast Gaming decided to to no longer carry on employing a lot of the upcomer folk, mm-hmm. which felt like an inevitability, especially it with did. how much they were paying. Yeah, it did. That's what a lot of people, like, I know that you were skeptical at the very beginning. When did they relaunch? It was, like, it was 2021, wasn't it? So it, it was, was um, last year. Officially, officially, like, March, April. They launched, like, they announced that it was going to be launching before that. They had, like, a letter on their site. Yeah. But it was, like, it was, I think it was one day before it would have been an anniversary, uh, the year first year anniversary of Upcomer. So, say, I don't know, say it was on March 21st they announced they were laying people off. It would have been, like, March 22nd when they hmm. launched. It was, like, they didn't quite make the year. Right, right. Yeah, because I think, like, people have been, like, proven right. Like, the pessimists have been proven right. And, like, you know, if it fucking walks like a duck and quacks, it's probably a duck, in it? If it's just these outlets just keep failing, it's like they're spending too much money on it. Mm-hmm. But it was also, from what I hear, it was also, like, it was accepted that they'd be losing money for a while. Like, it was accepted that they wouldn't be profitable. And it was just about, like in a few years, how do we get to a point where it's profitable or at least near break-even point? Um, and again, like I've 
you know, also heard that, so is it Menashe? I can't, I'm not sure how you pronounce his name. The guy that he was the chairman as mm-hmm. of, as of until recently, um, at Enthusiast, who obviously owns Upcomer. Um, and I think Upcomer was basically his thing. Like he really believed in it and it was kind of his project, his vision, um, and I'm not sure if it ended badly or what. I don't really know too much about the situation of him leaving. Maybe you can talk on it if you do. But um, he left. And then from that point, it looks like just they thought, right, well, now that he's gone, we can fuck up, come off. All uh, right. Well, was it that order or was it they fucked up, come off, and then he decided to write him out because like you've not stuck to your word? I suppose it could have been I, I, I didn't even know I he'd, think... he'd gone, to be honest with you. So mm. I can't answer that. But... Yeah, he, as of... I'm not sure if it was... I know he started a new thing, like a VC company or something. Shocking. But I think he'd gone before that. Like, Okay. I don't know how... I don't know. I don't know for sure. And I don't know like how public that is. But I, I believe he went a little bit before that. Okay. Uh, um, not not long before they had to announce their their 2021 performance, which they lost like mm. $40 million, you know. Well, that's another thing is I was also <laughs> thinking maybe maybe the they said fuck off to Upcomer because the end of year results are coming out and they want to say to shareholders like, yeah, this thing that's lost us about fucking 10 mil or whatever it was. I don't know if it's 10 mil. This thing that's lost us all the money. We've got rid of that now. So don't worry. Like, you know what I mean? Just shareholders are always like for better or worse. This isn't a good thing. Shareholders will always be more important than, than, than anything else for companies that big. Like they care. Yeah. yeah. yeah, They care more about shareholders than anything. Which are public companies. So like bad, exactly. Like bad news is like, um, like an avalanche is like the snowballs yeah. just rolling down and it's building up. Like it is yeah. not, and all you have to do is look at Guild for that. Like the public sentiment a lot among their like retail, like just normal everyday investors is not good whatsoever. Like, mm-hmm. like their executive chairman left and Danny Lopez left. He was like director of brand. And then they went quiet for a while. They never announced mm. this big 3.6 million pound deal that they had. And, and they stayed yeah. quiet and it didn't go well. So like they did an interview with me announced a new partner Build it up a little bit, but like it still don't feel the same. And like I think like the general sentiment towards them is it's like, yeah, don't don't go near them. You mm. know, it don't look good. Yeah, so like enthusiasts I... could quickly go that way if there's a, a bad streak of things happening, you know. It's interesting that do you know what happened there? Cause like I know Yeah, I know it felt weird because like three big people left. Yeah, like three big people left in the, around the same point. And like I never really knew why. Um my understanding is there do you know in movies like when someone gets cast and then they don't end up filming the film and someone else gets brought in it's like they'll say creative mm. differences just to like cover up anything I'll, I'll probably say there were creative differences among those at the top and right. they, they didn't necessarily from what i understand didn't necessarily agree on everything and, and thus it was probably better for them to leave or else it's just because they're never going right. to see eye to eye on certain things mm-hmm. you know um and so carlton curtis uh came from Activision Blizzard, he was the executive chairman and then not long after he left, Danny Lopez left so I would assume he was a big fan of Carlton and not so much Cal, the, yeah, yeah. the CEO. I, I, I would assume on that front, I don't know that for sure, but that, that's certainly how it looked, you know, and then, mm-hmm. you know, things didn't, haven't been going too great from there. I think they actually lost social followers over the last year as well, as well as however much money it was, I can't remember now I broke, I, I was the first of the story and I can't remember it, uh, a, few, <laughs> a few million pounds anyway they lost, right? Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, and barely any Beckham um, videos come out in the past year. Like they had the, the partnership fuckery and all that kind of stuff. It, it, it just wasn't a, been a great year for Guild as a whole, I'd say. But look, they can't really go much lower. So sky's hmm. sky's the limit for them now, I suppose. Building back, 
But um, yeah. so, so I, I guess like with Upcomer, you say like, as you say, I was an early critic. And that was actually because two things. Yes, I heard how much some of them were getting paid. I was like, that's not sustainable. Like they are not going to bring that yeah. money back. Yeah. Um, and they knew that. And hence why like George left because he knew Upcomer was going to go to shit. Like he went went to Dot and he, he was speaking to Deserto. And I guess he was speaking to any publication that was interested right which would be most of them right about you now. Do. Um, mm. but also because upcomer existed before owned by someone else uh kevin hit as the editor and they fucked over writers a lot of the writers that got let go uh this time around they fucked over them like royally um mm. and kevin will say it was the people above him making decisions and, and fucking them over but he was the one who had to carry them out and he didn't leave mm. so for me it shows that he's kind of fine with it as long as he's getting paid for it but also, like, he combated it at the time and said nothing was wrong. And that's how me and him started beefing. Like, we're good now, but, like, it was it was because of this original upcomer. And then, yeah, Enthusiast bought the brand. I'm like, why are you bringing back a brand that's just got only negative bullshit attached to it, you know? It's got the worst sentiment yeah. around it ever. Let's, let's bring <laughs> that back and let's build back better. You know what I mean? That's some American political slogan. I don't know who from. Build back better. Is that Build Biden? Better. That no, that might be UK. That might be. Oh, is it UK? Oh shit! Build, build I knew it was some better. political. I don't know. Thing, actually, but... it might be, might be better, actually. Might be better. That is not political uh, endorsement or propaganda from me in any way. It's just what came to mind, you know. But yeah, it's just, it's just funny how they decided to bring back a like being bring back that. I have too many bees coming out now. Uh, bringing bringing that back made no sense to me from the beginning, and then paying way too much. I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to go well, uh, and we just see it over and over, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and the same, very similar thing, I suppose, with ESPN, with a lot of the same people as well. Yeah, well, um, e- ESPN, like, so they, they tried pivoting to video, but kept on, like, kept the writers doing the video stuff. So, like, they got their really good writers, like Emily and uh, Fionn, I won't say really good, but, like, and, and Wolf as well, and get them to do video. But, like, then Jacob's okay, and uh, people like Emily on the LCS broadcast, but I never really... Like the videos weren't engaging for me. I don't know. Mm. I'm not mm. the most charismatic on video, but Jesus Christ, it was it was fucking awkward a lot of the time with them. Like, you know what I mean? And they're so. natively like writers as opposed to mm. presenters. Yes, yeah. and that that was part of the issue for me. It's like if you're gonna do like video, at least get like your ESPN for fuck's sake. <laughs> like, yeah. get, get ESPN level um, presenters and and mm-hmm. pundits and stuff. You know. So that's when you knew the writing was on the wall. It's like whenever they go to video, it's like okay, shit's about to go down here, right? Eh? Mm. That, that seems to be the trend. Mm-hmm. And another publication, I want to. We will get to esports GG, the, the latest fuck around that's going on. So I have some information on that. But oh, first, yeah. like GG Recon, that always gets left out of the conversation for some reason. Now I'm good friends with the editor in chief, but I'm gonna say they n- literally never get brought up in an esports media com- conversation, and that does not look good on them. Like mm. I think their Twitter at is GG Recon Esports. And most of their content now and where their strengths lay are in like guides. Like and they would mm. even admit that as well. So they're very much pivoted from esports and gamesy socially content to to, you know, more guides. I don't know. Like mm. they should do guides on how to get more charisma and how to get a girlfriend and stuff for a lot of gamers to be honest. But uh <laughs> instead it's just like how to level your sword up in Elden Ring or something, <clears throat> you know. Yeah. Nothing to do with esports, but yeah. look, they always get left out. So I thought I, I, I just, uh, I wanted to bring them into the fold so that they feel loved and appreciated a bit. That's nice of you. Yeah, if for once, it's the first nice thing I've done in, in years, mate. That, yeah. and then esports GG. Well, oh, yeah. So they, they on April first announced that they were taking a break or pressing the pause button or whatever, and, and my boss at Hitmarker responded with the like stop emoji. So instead of pressing pause, you should just stop. 
and that was quite in, quite entertaining for me. I was like, okay, I found the right <laughs> place to work if he's that savage. But um, like, what, what's your take on everything there? I guess you can. Kind I don't of really down. know if I've got one to be honest, mate. Okay. Esports GG. So obviously, yeah, no, they, they were stealing TikTok content, right? Oh right. Okay. Got caught. Did you not Play see more. this stuff? No, I don't think. Oh I shit! Oh, here we go. go on, fill me Adam in. You Fitch can to the fucking save. I, I can save be the you. audience in this, okay. in this scenario. You can just tell me as Esports though. GG publication backed by Adam Apicella, uh Sundance. Oh, I'm yeah. pretty sure like Rishi, like head of Twitter Gaming or whatever. So like notable people. Yeah. Uh, in November, uh, I think it's like an editor for Ludwig. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, not mistaken, like content creator Ludwig um, mm. called out yeah. Esports GG for taking their content. And just putting like via in the caption, not putting uh, any sort of credit on the actual videos and stuff, right? Got called out then, nothing really came of it. And then I think it was early ish in March um, that took off for some reason. I can't remember why. Maybe he retweeted it or Ludwig retweeted it or something like that. Uh, this all happened when I was asleep, so I missed little bits of it. Um, and then a, a log, a chat log uh, leaks, and it's um, Gillian Lynn Scott. Calls, calls themselves, I will use the right pronouns and stuff here. Uh, I'll be very conscious of that. Uh, Kendricks calls themselves Kendricks, uh, was the chief marketing officer at Women in Games, one of the Women, women in Games things, and also the head of digital at Esports GG. So overseeing that stuff. Chat log leaked, basically said, like, yeah, we're not going to do anything about that complaint. He's a fucking nobody. Just leave it. He's a fucking nobody. We're not going to remove them. So basically saying like, yeah, that person's called us out. We know we're in the wrong, but like they're not big. So let's just fuck them off. That got mm. leaked. Um, they went private with their account. Um, Bishop, Christian Bishop, the founder, went private on his his Twitter account as well um, after apologizing a little bit. But that, that's about it, you know. Uh, and then mm. it just went, I think they removed the content and then kind of went dark. And then, as I say, on April 1st, they announced that they were pausing the website and... Uh, or at least the socials and, and rethinking stuff. And I've spoken to somebody there and I can confirm the website is not dying. It will come back, but they are just addressing how they do things. Um, it's, it seems a couple of people have gone, uh, but not necessarily on the editorial side, more on like the socially kind of community side, mm -hmm. you know, so they're not dead yet. But if I'm placing a bet on which website's going to, going to come crashing down in the next, next like six to nine months, or let's say nine to twelve months, it's going to be esports GG, just because that that's just how esports works. It's cyclical, and then just they're say, next in line for that, right? Do you agree? Yeah. Well, yeah. It sounds <laughs> just, just listening to that. It sounds like fuck me, stay away, do not touch esports media with a ten foot fucking barge pole. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Why would you? I just, honestly, that's my thought about it. Like, why would you? As a company, I get it. It's like you want to build the brand. Let's say you build the fucking oh, the best. The ESPN of esports, the you know that's what isn't that what Upcomer said, or they might have said along those lines. Maybe. Or maybe yeah, they said maybe, like, oh no, the Athletic. I think that's what I heard once. The Athletic of esports, like they wanted right. to kind of capture everything, which I, like okay, cool idea. But in order to do that, you're going to be hemorrhaging money for oh yes. what a decade. That's being fucking kind, um, unless you do all these other things like the SEO stuff, loads of Daily Mail style ads just popping up in your face, mm -hmm. like paid pieces like honestly what Go my perspective on it, yeah literally that's the only way you can do it so i just think like fucking stay away from that shit like mm -hmm. maybe the best thing to do is to just fund these like but then what's the benefit of that i was going to say maybe you could fund the title specific outlets you know like siege gg hltv mm -hmm. like 
they seem to do the best because people only give a shit about their esport mostly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, I feel like, like you don't have to be a jack of all trades, and you could just be the master of of what yeah. you're doing, right? Yeah. So like, like you can also build out better resources there. So like HLTV for, have the rankings, which are synonymous with CS:GO, right? And also, yeah, um, they have all the, exactly. the bookies that want to sponsor their stuff because they have odds on there, and that like that 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 focus, the constraint has allowed them to be like really thorough with what they do. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you. And like, who is it? Somebody either acquired or already owned Siege.gg. Oh, Gfinity acquired them. Gfinity acquired them, right, okay. So that's what I mean. Things like that are smart because the stuff they can do, they'll have, they'll be able to get partners quite easily. You'll get a lot of daily active users because people that are passionate about Siege will go to Siege. Not, Siege mm-hmm. isn't huge, but it has a very fucking passionate um, fan base. So I think maybe that is the best way to go. Because and they even launched basically siege.gg but for Halo as well, which Oh really? That's already kind of died off, but hopefully it'll yeah, come back. But that's but like they've been able to will. replicate the data models they've got and, and the formats uh, format of the site and all the all the information and like replicate it for other titles. So who mm-hmm. knows, maybe maybe they can keep going. And of course there's breaking yeah. point.gg for Call of Duty as well, which is basically trying to be HLTV for Call of Duty mm-hmm. with like tactical rub involved and stuff, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Breaking point, yeah. I forget yeah. about them sometimes, unfortunately. Yeah, me too, to be fair. That's because it's COD, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) COD comes and goes in my... I do actually really like COD esports, but that kind of comes and goes in my... hmm. In my mind. So I I agree with you, like, about the niche, like, title-specific websites seem to make a bit more sense. Mm. Um, There's uh, there's no evidence to the contrary right now. You know what I mean? Like, Better Collective came in and dropped the bag for HLTV, and and that shows how valuable they can be, even though that is on the, the betting side, which is not as accepted in esports generally just yet as it is in say sports like the whole gambling stuff like more mature sponsors and that not Mm. quite the same but like in a in a game like csgo like you can see it fitting in very well and that's why betway are going in hard on on cs and there's all the skin betting sites and stuff right so like Mm -hmm. it makes complete sense for them and they they can just concentrate on one title they know exactly what the fans all want as opposed to trying to yeah you know like please everybody which is Mm -hmm. obviously a pointless and fruitless task Mm mm-hmm Obviously, something we need to talk about is punditry within esports media. So the more personality-based stuff, and those who speak, like they'll read an article on the news effectively and add a bit of something to it. So that's your Jake Luckies, who obviously went from esports talk to energy with Full Squad Gaming, which I called so long ago, by the way, but never did it publicly because I didn't want to fuck anyone over. But like, I, I was so certain that was the case. So now he's actually working for an organization. If you think about it. Which brings some conflict of interest worries. Mm, yeah, kind of. But yeah, I suppose he is. Yeah, because would he, if something happened at Energy, would he be as quick to post a video about it? You, you would just, think just not. that doubt, yeah. just that question alone is where obviously where the issue lays. Is lies, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. lies. Yeah, there we go. I said lies, nice. and was on about Jake Lucky. That's weird, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> sorry mate but like such a, so, such a pot stir are you oh it's just a bit of fun isn't it? you know what I mean? <laughs> but like I, so we were discussing this a little bit before and I, we stand in different spots on this generally speaking where i think he's not quite a net negative for the industry but i i i don't think he's a good representative at the tippy top of of esports punditry and and the whole personality news-based personality stuff whereas i don't i don't mm. think you see him as harmful like i do no i'd not really i think with the with the gossipy type stuff because that's what it is like i said before it's not for me like i don't watch his videos but like 
I quite like him. He seems charismatic enough. Like he seems like a decent enough person to me. But I know you even disagree with that. Maybe um, at times. So I, I don't know, man. I think what I was gonna say was with the gossipy stuff. Like every now and again, they're gonna touch on a topic without really doing it justice, and like make a video that they just shouldn't make, or they are they gonna represent somebody, or maybe make a video so quick that they haven't checked stuff, and then it puts somebody in a bad light, and then you know. So I think there's flaws with the gossip type stuff, but you think he's basically like because it's his personality based. Like his order, his audience don't care about the news necessarily; they just care about him and they follow him. Yeah, his core audience for sure. Um, Obviously, there'll be a lot of people that view that do care about the subject, but like mm-hmm. there's a core sector exactly, there yeah. which are all about. Oh my god, he says water and car for water and coffee or something like that, and that, that's so cool. Oh my god, like <laughs> yeah. So like fuck? he has he has that, but I I guess like on a broad enough scale, I I just see him as a guy that's like he's passionate enough about the gaming influencer esports sphere. Mm-hmm. He's passionate enough. I think he genuinely is. And like he doesn't want to make too many enemies, and he's just making videos just as like a talk show host. That's what I said to you earlier. Is like he's a talk show host as opposed to a an investigative journalist. And I think there's room for both. There is room for both, yeah. And I guess as long as he's not claiming to be an investigative journalist and then doing all this other stuff, yeah. I I honestly don't have a problem with it. And he seems like I said, mate, he seems like a decent enough guy. Pat, like if you asked me a year ago, I'd have said I'd gone for a drink with him. So mm-hmm. like like I guess like on a personal level I think he seemed all right like I don't, I don't think he's got yeah. a malicious bone in his body per se like I don't think it's that I just think he's I don't think he'd be he's res- responsible with heavy topics mm-hmm. I, I I can't see mm-hmm. him being that way and and we discussed this a little bit before and we don't have to get to it much but like he did like this whole thing recently where there was a Warzone player being accused of hacking or cheating so they went over to wherever his offices are based LA. And he got like some scam artist of a polygraph tester, which is dubious on itself. It's polygraph testing for fuck's sake, some Jerry Springer shit. Um, and actually got nowhere with it. The chat called it out. He didn't even do his research beforehand. Realized then that the geezer was absolutely shambolic and then just ended the stream out of nowhere. Didn't really take much accountability. He had Hunter Grooms, um, who tried to get me fired from Hitmarker over a tweet. Um, he had him in the DMs, uh, sorry, in the replies, sending a video like, Mate, it's fine. You you know you were trying really hard, but like speaking like some like news presenter voice, and that within itself made me realize like if Hunter Grooms left the esports, then it would actually be a net positive if he left. So he should go because what he did with like the Richard Lewis situation and stuff, which I can mm. leave a link to in the description if we want. But it's a, it's a mm. long video, like that that video and the process they go through or don't go through, even when it comes to making videos, is yeah. what makes me think like. Yeah, there's there's a lot of times where I can't I can't trust them, and it can be problematic. Yes, and and these pe- if these people get to a point where they're seen as like just a deliverer of truth, no matter what, they can bend things to their will. And these 13, 14, I don't know, maybe even some immature twenty year olds or whatever, like will watch that and think, like, oh, this is the case. And I'm just like, that that's a lot of power to wield for someone who's not living up to a certain moral code that you do as a uh, like real journalist, you know. I hear what you're saying. I think you've been really fair, to be honest there, mate. Yeah, I think I, I'm not trying to attack the bloke, and it's not necessarily just him, as I say, it's Hunter Grooms, and other people try it, like Tactical mm. Rab does it for COD, 
You know what I mean? He's the world's quickest speaker. I don't know how the fuck he does it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love He doesn't Ram, breathe for 10 minutes. Mess. Yeah, he really doesn't, man. I don't know how he does that. He just goes and goes and goes. It's, it's like his years of repetition. Yeah. Like, he, he got to the point where, like, there's almost he's like a, a script in his head for, like, the first three minutes, even though he just, like, plugs and plays, yeah. like, all the stuff in, you know? It's, yeah, and he, yeah. he's, he makes his thumbnails in Microsoft Word. Does he really? <laughs> they are the no, worst thumbnails of all time. They're attractive and they work for him. But he literally yeah. just ma- makes them in Word. Yeah, I'm not Microsoft a massive Word. fan of his interface, but I fucking love Rab Man. He, he, he <laughs> he's another one of those people. Like he just graphs and loves card. Like mm. it's fucking. Well, he play. had like an opportunity to like work at Intel. I think he was doing like an internship or apprenticeship there or something, or like mm. a placement there for uni. And um, instead of taking like the safe, like probably really well paying job, like when he when he graduated, I'm pretty sure that's the case. He he had said, okay, let's go full time esports and specifically COD esports and does the breaking point him, stuff man. to try and help the community and that. So people like here, I'm like, yeah, I, I've got nothing really against him, mm-hmm. you know, but again, like he could put his own agenda into videos, but I've not seen one video yeah. where he does that. He's, he literally just seems to read out tweets, you know, and like, that's how that's harmless for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, hi guys, we've got a really bad one here for you today. Crim6 called Zuma a cunt. Like, and, that, and that's about it. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Like, it's, it's hardly news, but it's news for the new mm. age, right? So, mm-hmm. as I say, yeah. not, and yeah. I have like inherent problems with the role, I guess, of like, I don't know if I can call him a reporter, but like, as you say, like a presenter almost. Just like, in, in fact, I could say he's a professional shitster. I, I think that's that's what that job is, in a sense, right? <laughs> yeah, you pick and choose what yeah. you highlight, and if you've got a big audience, then you can make a problem out of nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what hey, I mean? That's so. it. Just like Keemstar, by the way. That's what I was going to say about this Jake Lucky stuff. Like he, yeah. What he's done in response to this Jake Lucky I Show Speed shit has been so much fucking worse than anything Jake Lucky did. Like, Jake 100% should have checked that the video wasn't... I mean, the video was still obviously wrong, but he should have checked it wasn't old. You know what I mean? You at least do that much. Like he's probably already received backlash for it, not at this level, but he probably already has that I show speed guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so he should have checked that. But then the fact, like this character assassination that Keemstar is just fucking famous for, clearly he's got, like you were saying before, he's got a problem with Jake Lucky anyway. I don't know what their thing was. I don't really give a shit either, to be honest. But, yeah, they've just been like, accused. Well, like Keemstar will just accuse him of stuff, like almost baselessly, or like mm-hmm. really taking things to extremes and like finding weird things that are not actually there. And then Jake will just mm-hmm. reply, like, well, he's just bullying me for no reason. What a prick he's washed up. Like the, like, I guess he doesn't say prick mm-hmm. is American, but to things of that effect. He may, you know, he so it's just some petty back, back and forth, which probably elevates them both in terms of viewership and impressions at the time. Yeah, probably. Probably does. Um, but like Keemstar just put out like a fucking 10 minute video, basically inferring, accusing. He'll say, oh no, I'm not saying he's a racist. Like, mm. but he fucking is. Earn a nice three grand off of it for 10 minutes work. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It's like people are acting. And he has such a steady, and you check the comments, and it's like, oh, well done for like out in these people. It's like, what world, what fucking planet do you live on? Like, these must be like 14 year old kids that aren't fully developed. Like, I don't again, understand but, how you can watch his videos and think, yeah, you're talking sense you. He's a fucking muppet. Well, to be fair, like most of them will be American, I assume, right? And they'll be used to the fuck mm. CNN weird dynamic where everything's mad polarizing. You have to pick a side. You know, you, you have to pick a side love, there, don't you? Yeah, I love it's Americans <laughs> that are watching this, but Americans are fucking weird in that way, man. Right, it's it's a, it's a worrying thing where like you almost have to like ideologically subscribe to a news channel. Mm. It's like, oh fuck yeah. me, like just give me the news. But you have yeah. to like, I, if I was American, I don't care about the news. I stay far away, which is worrying as a journalist uh, or ex-journalist, whatever you want to call me. But yeah. like, you have to like watch both and like try and find the truth in the middle. Like you have to cut through mm. all the editorial like gloss they've put on it and all the spins. Yeah. 
Um, you know, yeah. so I, I don't know if it's just like a, a reflection of that between Jake's, uh, I was nearly calling him Jake Star, Jake Lucky and, uh, and Keem Star. <laughs> Jake Star, Jake Collab, Star and Keem Collab Lucky. incoming. <laughs> Unreal. I shouldn't say Americans are weird, by the way. I should clarify that. Oh, they are. Amer- I'll, I'll say Americans weird. are weird. Okay, America is weird. I'll well, say they're that. All, they are the about weird though. You, you go. When I went to America and I was speaking to American people, the, the first thing I, or like the, the, the through line between them all was they're fucking weird. They're definitely different to people from. Exactly. From so, like, we would call them weird, like, but they'll also think we're yeah. weird. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like they laugh fucking at, like, Kevin Hart. Drinking. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, like, that's like us laughing at Michael McIntyre or something. It's just like, nah, we're not, yeah. not going to be doing that shit. We're, we're better out here. You know? Yeah. Um, just America. a bit of casual nation versus nation there. Um, <laughs> which is Unreal. clearly not fair. We are, we are speaking of speaking of polarization. We're yes. polarizing our audience right now. That's good. We'll get hate comments and love comments. True. That's what we want, and it we want to stir the pot. Yeah, exactly. So, like every intro from now on, we have to like call out a certain stance. Uh, that's very. It's probably not even reasonable to call out, but like just to farm the hate and the like, depending on where they stand. Yeah. If we mm-hmm. get like if our audience goes more US than UK, especially. Mm-hmm. We'll do that, you know. Or maybe yeah. I could do. I could be like an Alex Jones type, and you can represent someone on the other side. Oh yeah, I'll, I'm I'm happy to get into esports conspiracy theories and oh, yeah. how simple is a lizard and, should. or a maybe gay frog should. or whatever he says. I don't. <laughs> 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 frogs, game. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, um, so so would you agree that publications, for the most part, obviously a gross generalization and and. It's thus not applicable everywhere, but like across the internet publications, there's a big reliance on um, ad revenue from pages, and thus they have to put out an absolutely farm out of SEO content, mm-hmm. right? And that that's yeah. somewhat the case in esports, definitely the case just across the board in media for the most part, besides a few outliers. So part of like the esports media problem is a online media problem as a whole in terms of monetization methods. Would you say? Oh, hundred percent, mate. Yeah, it's a big problem. That is, that's that's probably the problem is because it would be nice to have a world where you've got the likes of ESPN chucking money at esports for years and producing like really, uh, just, I'd love to read more esports features. Like I remember reading one and it, it wasn't even optimistic about esports. It was basically saying is esports like a, a bubble and it was written by, do you know Cecilia? Cecilia yes. D'Anastasio, I think her name is. She's yeah. at Bloomberg now, I think. But she... I remember that was like one of the, and, and also I've read, there's a good one in the Washington Post about the ESPN collapse, which is really good as well. So like, I just love to read more feature length eSports stuff. Maybe that's just me. Like a lot of people in the industry just watch videos and stuff, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But like, I wish there was an outlet that did that shit. And like, I did actually see a couple of nice ones from up- Upcomer. And I suppose you would because they had some decent, they had some okay like writers and yeah, stuff. Yeah, But it's just like, it's just not like, is it going to happen? I don't know. This is what I suppose just one thing I did want to touch on. Like mm-hmm. I won't get into this massively because I might even do my own video on this because I don't want to um, waste too much time here because I don't know how relevant it is. But like as a freelancer, there are ways for you to earn more money than oh, I have to write a 1,000 word article for like fucking $15 or $20 or something. Like there are, there are other ways to earn money. So what I did, I guess, is like, I worked at Esports Insider as a full-timer, but I also, I did other stuff besides being an editor. Like I was manage some of the client accounts and things like that but like from there went freelance and mate i can if you compare what you can earn as a copywriter working in esports and gaming compare that to writing the daily like shitty articles that you have to write just to earn a living in esports like 
the amount you can earn, the difference per word or per hour is fucking unbelievable. So if you know esports and you know you're good, as a writer, let's just stick with writing for, mm. from, for now. Um, you know esports, you know gaming, and you know that you're good at it. You can just kind of target your resources towards like orgs and towards leagues and towards companies that just sponsors that operate in the space and want to get involved and just just pitch yourself as a copywriter and as someone that can help them with websites, help them with content strategy. Like if you can, if you're in a position where you can re-angle yourself, like I said, it's best to, like for me, it was best to do it freelance. Go that route instead of the daily like articles. Like, oh, I earn nothing as a writer. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can earn a lot more money. And so I think it's worth just thinking about how you can reorient what you do to earn more. Interesting. You know? I'm, I'm struggling with the pros, the, the, the kind of process, but, um, moving from a journalist mindset to like a content mindset, which is I'm head of content at Hitmarker, right? So I have to do videos. Mm. I'm uh, video starting next Tuesday as a recording this newsletter starting a week today as re- as of recording this. Um, more articles in the works and stuff, right? Like having to change my mindset mm-hmm. from like one story at once for the most part. That's how I worked. I'm really looking into this company into like like actual strategy behind content i was like that wasn't my responsibility at publications per se like i put the content together they work out how to push it out you know like if they're going to feature it on the front page and if they push it on certain platforms mm-hmm. you know so like i'm i am like finding that quite a troublesome dynamics to, to change because it's been four mm. years of one thing or four yeah. and a half years of one thing and, and changing yeah. but i do see the more i get more into the content strategy side the more I, I can see what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it opens things up, definitely. Because then, like I said, you can you can go for orgs, you can go for fucking leagues, individual content creators, like there's loads you can do. Yeah, so I suppose, well, yeah. When I announced I was leaving to certain and didn't announce what I was doing next, people thought I was just unemployed. Um, so like uh, mm. one of the one of the biggest British, well, I hate saying British, like English, they are English, they're in London. Uh, one of those mm. organizations there reached out about me doing their content and stuff, right, which you know mm-hmm. about. Um, yeah, which if if I was doing freelance stuff, then yeah, I'd have maybe been somewhat interested, but it was a lot, <laughs> you know, like, lot, yeah. with, with a with a full time uh, full time gig as well. But like, yeah, so that opened my eyes. I was like, oh shit, like they're interested, and this. I haven't yeah. actually done that kind of stuff before, you know. So like, yeah, that pivot maybe isn't as as far fetched as it seems, you no. know. And 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 one thing I was thinking of when when we said we'd speak about this topic is like the theory of consolidation. Part of me thinks that would help mm. if if there were two or three websites and they were, and thus there were not as many places to go to. Viewership would be better at those places, mm-hmm. right? And there'd be better work because journalists would be less spread across good websites and stuff. But then you're placing a lot of power and control in the hands of just a few people, and if those people are not the right people, then is there's no guarantee it's going to go well or be done correctly anyway. Mm. So I'm not even sure like that would be that beneficial. Like if you could choose like, okay, well I've Richard Lewis like editor in chief at one of these websites. I'd trust it like stuff would be done correctly. Mm-hmm. But if you've got here's a random executive, like yeah. you know what I mean, like yeah, yeah, we're just gonna put yeah. him in charge of this. I'd yeah. be like, ah shit, yeah, it's not gonna go too well. I, th- I think like the people you yeah. have at the top at, at these websites are obviously huge, and we haven't got a, uh, many people with the decade plus experience you maybe need in esports media to understand the the pitfalls yeah. of it and stuff, you know. Yeah, that consolidation point is interesting. I feel like gamers who own Dot could have a good go at that. Well, the, yeah, they're buying everything up in gaming right now, so maybe mm. they'll 
Esports GG will go for cheap at some point when they inevitably yeah, fail. Yeah. I, I believe that. <laughs> Apicello, please do not beat me up. I know you can, so please don't if you watch this. Um, you know, like, yeah, who knows? Maybe they will snap up a couple of the, the smaller ones we've got because Upcomer rolled up daily esports.gg into the Upcomer stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they're probably some of the last last remaining <laughs> full timers there now editorially, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and looking ahead, like, so so what, as, as, as a journalist or former journalist, what do you think is a good path forward out uh, while remaining in, in journalism? Like, do you think independence, like we see Jacob Wolf announcing, um, obviously he left dot, uh, beginning of this year and, and then recently mm. announced the Jacob Wolf report. So he's partnered with Substack. So basically they'll just give him some dosh to house his content there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's doing a mix of free and paid content. Mm-hmm. So there's three, three, basically articles being sent out to inboxes a week. And one of them will be free. The other two will be paid. Yeah. Do you, yeah, do you yeah. see that as a sustainable model? I see that as a, as a sustainable model for Jacob Wolf. Yes. I see <laughs> it for, as a sustainable model. Yeah. I mean, some people could probably give that a good go. Like on it, I'm not, I'm, it's going to sound like I'm fucking licking your ass. We actually hate each other. Don't we? But like, yes, uh, <laughs> you could, you could, you could maybe have a good go at doing something like that. <clears throat> Or in the or in a, or in like maybe a year or two. I don't know. No, yeah, you I don't think I've got know. the audience for it. I think it's like the same scenario where you paywall as a publication. You need like a high, yeah, you do a high readership or viewership or whatever first mm-hmm. before then like chopping them down to like one percent. Like, yeah, but I think so. I think there are a select few that can do that. Mm-hmm. That's not a viable model for everybody though. I feel like, I mean, I'm, it's like a bit of a cop-out answer, but if you're going to do well in journalism and you want to get to a point like that, you just need to be good. A lot of people aren't. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people don't like to accept that, but, like, some people just aren't that good at it. But if you're, let's say, you genuinely believe that you are decent at it, you're a good journalist, you you can write well, you have good ideas, you can kind of see the through line in different um, issues and how to maybe provide solutions. If you're doing all that stuff, I guess just do what you can to get by while you write what you're confident in for yeah. different outlets or for one outlet, whatever, make a bit of a name for yourself. There are plenty of people that have made a name for themselves. Like some of them haven't done it in, in my opinion, the best way, like, you know, loads of online signaling and not so much substance. Whereas there are actually people that have been putting substantial stuff out. So I think mm-hmm. if you're doing that, um, I guess just do what you can to get by and eventually your reputation will build. You'll get a great, greater bargaining power, I suppose. Yeah. You know, it's tough to say because like you said, it's not, there aren't that many outlets that pay well. It's like, if you're, if you're a politics journalist, you can go to like, and you're a good writer, you can go to like the Guardian, you can go to Financial Times and literally about 50 other outlets Mm -hmm. like, um, that are all top, like they're all really good. Um, but you can't really do that in esports. So I guess it's just like, bide your time, do what you can to earn money. Like if you, if you're a freelancer, for example, this is what I would do, what I have done. I did the journalism stuff and now I freelance for like orgs and for consultancies and for th- people like that just on content. And that earns like, you can earn so much more per hour and per word. Like I said before, than you would be able to, you know, working as a freelancer for dot and no, no offense to dot. Like mm. it's everyone, everyone pays pretty poorly. Does, um, does that scratch the journalistic itch that you have? Well, I th- what I was going to say was if, if you're really keen on the journalistic stuff, could you maybe split your time? Do what you can to earn your money, whether it's a part-time job or you are a copywriter or something like that. Build a, make an online portfolio. Do that stuff to earn you the money. And then the journalism stuff, get it published in like Dot or in ESI or in 
upcomer, I suppose, still just about. Um, like, you're still getting paid a decent amount while you're doing your journal- journalism stuff. So I think it's possible, yeah. It's just, yeah. I don't know, I guess, where there's a will, there's a way in it. Mm-hmm. So when you said there's select few people that could go independent, I'm I'm going to go through who I think could make it work. Like, Thorin already does, and he doesn't even really write anymore, but, like, he would, like, mm-hmm. go to Double Tap or something like that, or Deserto and House's content there, but, like, if he wanted to Substack and YouTube it, like, he could. He's, he basically already does without Substack, so, like, that would actually probably increase the bands in his pocket pretty substantially yeah. if he went to Substack. Yeah. So, like, he could do it, but he's been around, like, 17 years at this point. Exactly. Richie Lou, Richard Lewis could do it. Uh, obviously, he's editor-at-large at, at Deserto. Um, mm-hmm. so quite successful YouTube channel and stream. He gets two, three thousand people watching concurrently. Good amount of subscribers. Like, so if he wanted to leave Deserto and go Substack route, he could hundred percent do that. Yeah. That would be viable for him. Jacob, Jacob Wolf is doing it, it um, but he also has his Overcome company on the side, which I assume will bring in the majority of the revenue as a guess. Um, if he's mm. partnering with No Street Gamers for an eight eight piece series, which he's already announced, and there's probably more to come, I would guess as well. Mm. Like. I, I would assume that's at least mitigating the risk. He's not putting all his eggs in one basket, at least, right? Which is basically yeah. what you were saying before anyway, right? Yeah. Um, George think, could maybe. George Geddes could maybe. Say, a lot of the people with, like, a decent personal brand, like he like George's Twitter pops off, man. Like he's got so many followers and gets so many likes and stuff. He could do it just from the sheer fact that he's got people that follow him. But what, he's got what I will say about that, um, and I DM'd him about this couple months ago or like a month ago because he was getting hate on like the valorant competitive reddit for like some tsm stuff i think i think he like tweeted out about tsm um he's i think you can be authoritative as a journalist and obviously that's what you need like your authority and your reputation is fucking huge and then you can be a shit poster and a memer and and just taking the piss and, and posting false it is for lols on twitter but combining those two is it's gonna is gonna be some fuckery somewhere. You can't be authoritative and laid back and posting fake reports and saying, "Oh, ha, Tarek's going to fucking TSM, ha ha, lol." When you're supposed to be the authority on this stuff, you yeah, know, like it's true. really weird to me. I think okay. personally, and I messaged him this: yeah. like, do you want to be known more for your work or the things that you do on social media to get eyes on your work? And I think he's at the point now where he's maybe transitioning over from being seen mainly as a journalist with like some shit posts on the side to being a shit poster who also has some re- reports on the side and breaks mm. news. Cause like, he isn't the sole place to go for these stories anymore. Anyways, like purist and there's Bo, I think mm-hmm. he's called who had um like the Wardell scoop recently, I think in, in right. Valorant, um, Halo of thoughts. Who's a, a deserto. There are other people that are breaking Valorant stories now. So like he obviously, pro- well, I think I'm guessing uh, he feels like he has to like differentiate himself in some way as well. Yeah. So like, if other people are doing breaking news as well, what's special about me? Okay, I'll I'll be friends with all the players and stuff, right? And I'll just put out shit memes and almost become like a community hub for Valorant esports as a whole. And I think it's very hard yeah. to mix that stuff. To it be is. honest, I th- I think you have to toe the line well. And I'm I, I'm personally obviously I'm not a fan, so it is just what it is. I'm a peer. Um, I don't see it working long term. I think he'll take some real hits to his credibility, and a lot of people not believe mm. what he says when it comes to reporting. It's true. Uh, if if he keeps uh shit posting and memeing online to build mm. up his following, you know, it's it's yeah yeah it's weighing up where your priorities are. I was gonna say, yeah, it's about probably for him in that situation, he just needs to decide what it is that he's most passionate about and wants to do. It's mm. like you said, if 
if you, if that's the worst case scenario. You're a journalist. You say something serious, people don't think you're being serious. Or vice versa. You say something that's a joke that people take to be serious. Like it sounds like happened with that thing that you just said. Mm-hmm. That's a, that, Yeah, that's an issue. But that's, that's just an issue for for him and mm-hmm. that individual. So that's like the perils of like brand building. That's the thing though. Like I think like Taylor Lorenz is getting a lot of shit for like mentioning her brand and all this kind of stuff, right? And you, you do, unfortunately, if you want to be big online as a journalist, have to have some sort of brand unless you're just breaking mm-hmm. everything. Or like the stuff you break is so like it shakes the ground of the industry and you're like, oh shit, what the fuck? Like the huge, mm. huge stories. Otherwise you do have to be like terminally online and just plugged into the community to a certain level and, and do videos and Twitch streams and all this kind of shit, right? Just to mm-hmm. just to justify everything else and, and get eyes on you, which is yeah. why I'm washed up now because I go on like month long <laughs> breaks, not tweeting a single thing. And yeah. I don't, I don't hey, play I'm those like games. That. I worry sometimes about myself doing that as well, like stepping too far out of the, out of the, uh, the cycle of it all. Um, I just, I don't know. I guess a lot of it is just gossipy, and I don't really give a shit about it. Mm-hmm. That's 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 where I stand with a lot of this media stuff. Just I guess to round up, is a lot of it I just don't care about. Just like mm-hmm. who gives a shit? Like people arguing about nonsense. I just don't even. I barely even go on Twitter. I, I, I've only started going on Twitter because we've started. <laughs> The Great Cyber Athletics Channel. Uh, a um, lot of people love that name, by the way. Yeah, I'm sure they do. <laughs> but, like, they hate it and love it. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's like, the same. No, it's it, it feels very right it. based on the personalities we've got. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. They love you and I'm a fucking nuisance. And that's that's the same with the name, you know? So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. So I think we've, we've done well there. But yeah, Twitter's, uh, if you, I think I, the way I look at it, you have to use it as an extension of your professional work. For me personally, at least, I have to use yeah, it as an extension oh, of what too, I do professionally. Because yeah. if I just Successful. use it personally, I get stuck in it and I lose my life. I become like a digital bystander, and I'm living more digitally. I'm like almost in the matrix, but it's just Twitter, which is not a good matrix, you know. Yeah. So you have to like yeah. unplug yourself out of that shit. But like, have you got any like final points to make, or are we good to to wrap up? Like, I think I think we've pointed out very much that esports media is clapped, um, mm-hmm. and but we're maybe beholden to the overall media landscape in general outside of esports to mm. kind of evolve before we can as well unless we do the innovating which yeah. seems unlikely <clears throat> yeah that's the thing yeah it's stuff that's affecting every industry not just esports but esports gets esports feels it even worse because there's not the the numbers aren't there to the level that like other big sports are or other fields like politics or whatever so yeah in conclusion there's it's not in a great space. On. People aren't getting paid very much and all that stuff. But like, what's the solution? Difficult to say. I would just say if you're a company that's thinking about either starting or buying a news outlet, really think about what you're doing beforehand because it'll almost certainly go to shit based on historical evidence. Mm-hmm. And this is where we shill a crypto company that's paid us money to say that they store articles on the blockchain and they're going to... they're gonna allow us to um sell our videos and articles as nfts where people can buy fractional (laughs) shares of them and and not just subscribe to our articles but really own part of them really own them yeah 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 uh, if we (laughs) forget the boot i'm gonna try i think i think there are a couple of websites trying to do that so like maybe the crypto angle will will work for for, yeah. for media as a whole but no one wants to hear we'll that see. shit yet especially yeah, not in esports right no they don't that's a whole another episode crypto and esports and gaming oh god we need like two hours for that one i think yeah but yeah. uh I, I, so I th- we're done you good 
Are you happy done? where we are, yeah? I don't think we missed out on any websites. Two completed. No, I don't think so. No, we're good. Uh, what should we call this one? Esports should die. Esports media is clapped. It's clapped. <laughs> okay, let's let's go. We'll go for that then. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we'll think about that. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll something inflammatory. On. We'll. I'll go look at Jake Lucky titles and then try and find a trend <laughs> within those and use that. Um, right. But so I, th- I think our first episode in the first day broke 100 views, which isn't too bad for two sick. newbies like. It's good. I know so, I was happy with that when I saw that. Mm. That's, that's pretty good. It's not too bad. And this one will do better than that. I'm putting money on it so. now. Yeah, I, I like this one. I think the, the, moment, I the moment we post an episode that does worse than the one before, we just quit. How about that? Yeah, okay. So it's on everyone who's got it's to this point to, to share it. Yeah. Yeah, the moment we don't grow, we just stop. Yeah. And that's down to the people. So Cody and everyone so else, you need to and sharing get your because... mums and dads and ex-girlfriends, ex-boyfriends, all that stuff on this, yeah? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> right, yeah, thank you everyone right. for watching. Yes.